My name is Andrew. I'm the lead pastor. For those of you that do not know me, I want to welcome everybody that is watching us online right now. Hey, thank you for tuning in and staying connected to Passionate Life Church. We are in a series called Reason to Run, the, the purpose of why we, we live. Uh, before we, we get into it today, uh, it is the first of every month. And so the first of every month here at Passionate Life Church, we take communion together, and so if you didn't get one of these communion, you want to take communion with us today, uh, I'll make sure one of the ushers get you one of these all-in-one cups after the message. We'll transition uh, into communion, and we'll take it together, and I will lead us in that. The only thing that we ask is that you're a believer, you're a follower of Christ. Uh, communion is for the believer, but in 30 minutes, I'll give you an opportunity to give your life to Jesus so you can take communion with us. Come on. Um, we're, we're in a series called Reason to Run. Um, next week, we're going to close out this series. You're not going to want to miss it. Racing towards eternity is going to be an awesome finale of this series. And then in two weeks, we're going to start a series called Above All Else, which is going to be very timely for our church. I did this series four years ago during the last election, okay? It's, it's going to be very timely for our church because politics has a way of dividing people and making people very angry at each other. And so we're not going to have that at Passionate Life Church. We're going to get focused on above all else. We are Christians above whether our political affiliation. We are Christians. We don't worship a president. We worship a king, okay? And so we're going to get focused. We're going to get focused on Jesus uh, during the debates in the election and if you've watched the debates, you know we need to be focusing on Jesus, okay? It was literally like Chewbacca and the Swedish chef were debating each other, okay? <laughs> I, I grew up watching the Muppets. I don't know if any of you watched the Muppets. But remember those two old guys that sit, sat in the balcony, right? You just yell at each other and argue. I'm like, I've seen this episode before. It was on the Muppets. So we're going to focus on Jesus, okay? Of course, as Christians, we should vote. If anybody should vote, it's people that are they're led by the Holy Spirit, right? We should vote, right? But at the end of the day, Jesus is still king, right? Reason to Run, part four. The title of the message today is When Grace is My Pace. Come on, let's pray, and we'll get into God's Word today. Father, I thank you for this moment. We thank you that we live in such a wonderful country, God. We, we just pray right now for our President, Lord, uh, just lead and guide uh, President Trump. Lord, we just pray for our Governor, Governor Jared Polis. God, just lead and guide his life. Give him wisdom, Lord. Bless him, Jesus. God, we just pray for this moment. We thank you for this moment that we have, that we can gather together as a church family and online and, and in this building together. Lord, Holy Spirit, we just ask that you'd have your way today. This is your moment. Open our hearts, open our minds to understand uh, your word and draw us just a little bit closer to you today, Jesus. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen and amen. Real quick, let me just do a quick recap in case you missed any parts of this series. Part one, we talked about we need to get free. Before we start running toward the race that God has set before us, 
We need to strip off everything that is slowing us down, that is tripping us up. So before we can begin to run that purpose, right, God has designed us with purpose, we need to strip off all the sin that is entangling us and weigh us down. First step is to get free, right? Uh, the, the second step, we, we talked about allowing God to pace our race, right? To when, when we're, sometimes when we're uh, so busy, right? God, there's a reason why God has put the Sabbath day as one of the Ten Commandments. When God is pacing our life, we let him, we let him slow us down, right? Or if we get stuck, we let him kick our butt and speed us up, right? That's allowing God to pace our lives. And last week, uh, Chuck brought the word. He talked about the small obediences that, that lead to a big blessing, right? The small obediences in our life that lead to a big blessing. And so today, we're going to talk about what happens when we allow grace to pace our lives. I want to give you the definition of pace. Go ahead and put it on the screen. Pace is consistent and continuous speed in walking, running, or moving. Go ahead and, and, and put up the definition of grace. I want you to see the definition of grace. Grace, Greek word is charis, is God's unmerited favor. It is kindness from God that we don't deserve. Okay, so when you put those two things together, pace and grace, you put them together, and this is the definition that I came up with. Choosing grace as my pace means that I am consistently and continuously choosing to walk in the kindness and the favor of God. I don't know anybody that doesn't want that, right? Like when we choose to, to pace in the grace of God, it is consistently and constantly we are walking in the favor and in the kindness of God. Ephesians chapter 2, 8. Through 10, I want to remind us of what grace is. God saved you by his grace when you believed. So the moment you said yes to Jesus is when grace uh, comes down, and, and, and that's when we have grace, when you believe. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done, so none of us can boast about it, for we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So why do we want grace? Uh, why do we want to live? In, why do we want to be paced by grace? Because when we consistently and constantly walk with God, right? We're, we're walking in his kindness and his favor. We encounter the good things that he has already planned for our lives. Amen? All right. I got five points today got five points today. When grace is my pace, okay? Five things. When grace is my pace, I live forgiven. When grace is my pace, I live forgiven. Isaiah 43, 25. This is such an amazing passage. Isaiah says this, I, yes, I alone, the Lord is speaking to Isaiah in this passage, I, yes, I alone will blot out your sins for my own sake and will never think of them again. You can leave that passage up for a moment. I, yes, alone will blot out your sins for my own sake and will never think of them again. Now, this is one of these passages, okay, that, it, that can be very difficult for us to comprehend 
with our limited knowledge and our limited intelligence as human beings, right? Because we, and, and you don't have to raise your hand if you've ever said this, when you've forgiven someone, I forgive you, but I won't forget, right? Maybe you didn't say it out loud, but you were thinking it, right? You know what I'm saying? Now, now listen to me. Some of that is, is healthy. Some of it that is healthy, some of us have been in toxic relationships, right, where there's a reason why we shouldn't forget because they're hurting us, right? Because they're abusing us and we need to create healthy boundaries in that relationship so they don't hurt us any longer. Some of that is on purpose. But what I'm talking about today is, and, and because, listen, we're, we're not in Men in Black. You guys remember that movie Men in Black with Will Smith, right? And when the people saw the aliens and, um, and, and him and Tommy Jones would show up with that little stick, right? They'd put the sunglasses on, they'd say, hey, look into this stick, and it would flash, right? And it would erase their memory, and then they would put a different memory in, right? We don't have that technology yet, okay? And so we, we can't actually forget, right? As human beings, we can forgive one another, but we cannot really forget. And so it is hard for us to take this, the way we process information and the way we can't forget what people have done to us, and associate this with God, right? Because it's hard, because we can't do it. Listen, God doesn't forget our sins. He literally erases them. He, he blots them out. And he doesn't do it for our sake. He does it for his own sake. So when he looks at us, man, when we ask for forgiveness and we repent, he looks at us and he sees someone who is brand new. Every time he looks at you, he sees something brand new. He doesn't see that hot mess. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't see the train wreck that we really are. He sees someone who is brand new. He does it for his own sake. And that's how we can screw up our lives and we can come back to Jesus, receive his grace, and he still has great things planned for our lives. We can just jump right in to the plan that he has for our life. Right in to the purpose and the reason to live. But it's just one of these things where it falls under the category of God. Right a couple weeks ago, we talked about he's, he has a plan for our lives before we are even born. He has a, well, how does he do that? We don't know, right? There's just some things that fall under the category. He is God. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to worship a God that I can completely understand. I want to worship a God that I just stand in awe of in his majesty and his power. And I just, man, he's just God in my life. And there's just some things as Christians we just have to have faith in. And these are just one of them. Now I have to have faith that when God looks at me, when God looks at you, he sees someone brand new. And that's what it means to live. I am forgiven. I am forgiven. I don't have to live in my shame of my past any longer because when God looks at me, he sees someone brand new. When grace is my pace, I live forgiven. Listen, some of us have this idea that for some reason God is collecting all of our sins, right? And he's just waiting for us to ask him for something, right? Those of you that have been married for longer than six months, you know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, honey, I forgive you, but you're not really meaning that. You're like, I'm storing all this up for ammunition for our next fight so I can nail you, right? Some of us have this image of like God is storing up all of our sins and all of our mistakes when we come to him and pray. He's like, oh no, 
How dare you ask that? You've done this. this. No, no, no. When God looks at us, he sees someone brand new. Not for our own sake, but for his sake. So we can continue to run this amazing race that he's placed before us. So we can counter his kindness and the good things that he has in store for us. Number two, point number two. When grace is my pace, my pace is perfect. When grace is my pace, my pace is perfect. Psalms 119, 104 through 105. David says this, Your commandments give me understanding. No wonder I hate every false way of life. Your word, your word is a lamp to guide my feet. A light for my path. If you look at that scripture, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. If you think about a lamp, if you're holding a lamp, it doesn't light up very much other than a couple steps in front of you. When, when, when God, man, when grace is our pace, many times God doesn't give us a five-year plan. Usually it's a one to two day plan, right? Just, just, just follow my steps. So, like I'm guiding you step by step. When we're in step with God, when he is pacing our lives, our pace is perfect. But because we live in such a microwave society here in America, and I don't know if you've ever said this to yourself, I have, and I still do from time to time. I ask myself this question or I have this thought, I should be farther along in my life than where I'm at, right? Like, I should, be, I should be working a better job. I should be making more money an hour. I should have more money in the savings account. I should own a home. I should, I should be dating a better-looking person. Come on, somebody, like, you're like, I should be farther along in my life up to this, this point. And, and, and listen, when, when grace is our pace, We have to trust that God's pace is perfect in our lives. And we can't get caught up comparing our lives to anybody else. God has us on our own journey, and he's lighting our steps one after another. And it's just that faith. Now, I'm just going to trust God that that he knows where he's going with my life. And I don't have to have a 10-year plan. And if you do, that's not bad. But don't get upset if it radically changes, okay? Like, step by step, he's lighting, he's putting the light underneath our foot. Psalms 37, 23. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Man, what a sentence. And this is one of the reasons why God doesn't want us to speed through life. Because he's literally delighting in every moment in detail of our lives. Do I have any, any people who like coffee? Like you love, you love coffee? Anybody? Yeah? Okay. Do I have anybody that's just kind of like a, a coffee snob? You know what I mean? Just like, yeah, several people. I'm married to someone who literally wakes up in the morning and the first thing she thinks about is coffee, right? Like, it's why she gets up in the morning. I know some of you are like that. Before you go to bed, you're actually dreaming about that cup of coffee, right? 
Like you just can't wait. Like you get up in the morning and you just can't wait to take that 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 first sip, that first sip of a cup of coffee, right? You're like, oh, I just delight in this so much. Oh, it's so good. Listen to me today. We are God's cup of coffee. Like that, that sip of coffee that makes us feel so warm and delicious and wakes us up. Like, like that's how every detail, God delights in every detail of our life. And so there's a reason why he doesn't want us to speed through life and work all the time because he's delighting in every moment of our life. We are his cup of coffee. If you have kids, some of you homeschool moms are experiencing giving a kid, your kid a test. And, and I don't know if you've ever had your, your child come home and bring a test home or you give them a test and they, they get 100%. They get an A. Like, like as a parent, right? You just, man, what, what a delight, right? And some of you put it on the refrigerator, right? And you, you put that on your refrigerator because you're so proud. There, there's that delight in your child. My, my kid's smart, right? Like my kid, you know, can learn, right? There's that, that moment of pride. Listen, your picture is on God's refrigerator, okay? Like he is so proud of you. We are his A paper that we turn in. Like God delights in every detail of our life. Every detail of our lives. He cares about where you work and what you do for a living. Like he cares who you're dating. He, he cares about every detail and he's delighting in our detail. And so maybe if you feel like your life is going too slow, maybe God's just delighting in every moment of it. And he doesn't want you to rush through and go too fast because he is guiding our steps. Every step, he is guiding the godly steps. And he's delighting in every detail. We are his cup of coffee. We are his 100% paper. He's delighting in every detail of our lives. So maybe if you're in a place, man, I just feel like I should be farther along. Man, trust, trust that God is guiding your steps. Trust that God, man, he is guiding every step. He's lighting a, a, a light underneath every single step. Point number three, when grace is my pace, it keeps me in my lane. You ever have anybody tell you, stay in your lane? Stay in your lane. When grace is my pace, it helps us stay in our lane. If, if we were running a sprint, right, usually under 800 meters, you have to stay in your lane. And if you go outside of your lane, you get disqualified, okay? And so it's important that we stay on the, the, the track, that we stay in the lane that God has created for us, right? Because there's good things, his kindness, his favor is in that Lane. And what's so amazing about grace is grace has given us the Holy Spirit to help us stay in our lane. John 16, 13. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own, but will tell you what He has heard. That is, that is an amazing passage right there. He will tell you about the future. So when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. 
And what Jesus is telling us here in John 16 is that the Holy Spirit is standing in conversation with Jesus and the Father as they talk about you. As they talk about our lives and how much they delight in you. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Listen, the Holy Spirit is a person. He's not an entity. He is a person. Is the person of the Holy Spirit. And he is standing in conversation with Jesus and God talking about our lives. And so we have access to this Holy Spirit that is living inside of us that leads and guides us into all truth and helps us stay in our lane. When Dawn and I got married, we decided um, we didn't have a lot of money, and so we stayed in a hotel one night, and we packed up a rider truck, and we drove 32 hours straight, okay, from Jacksonville, Florida to Phoenix, Arizona. Yes, that was crazy, okay? We just, we just kept doing. We just kept going. And uh, I invented something. I'm pretty sure I invented it. I invented the one-eye sleep method as I was driving. You know what I'm saying? Like I would just let this eye sleep, right, as I was driving, and then I'd let the right eye sleep as I was driving, and then sometimes both eyes would sleep as I was driving, right? And I would veer over, and I would hit these bumps. They're called rumble strips, right? And it would, it would help me get back in my lane and not go off, you know, into, into a ditch, right? And, and that is what the Holy Spirit is our, in our lives. It's that rumble strip, right? When we hit it, it's like, da 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 right? The, the Holy Spirit is this, da 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 in our lives that gently brings us back into our lane and saying, hey, da-da-da-da-da-da, you're getting off course. You, you, need, you need to line up with, with God's truth again. Da-da-da-da, you're, 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 you're getting off. You're, you're getting unfocused. da 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 And it's this rumble strip in our lives that keeps us in our lane. The Holy Spirit gently gets us back in our lane, gently gets us back on course and says, Andrew, you're better than that. You, you don't have to think that. You don't have to do that. You don't have to go there. You're better than that. Let me gently correct you. Let me, let me gently get you back on course. When grace is my pace, he helps me stay in my lane. He still helps us stay in our lane. Point number four, point number four. When grace is my pace, it leads to open doors. When grace is my pace, it leads to open doors. Revelation 3, 7 through 8. Jesus is talking to John the Apostle here. John's in his 80s, and he wrote this. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Philadelphia. This is the message from the one who is holy and true, the one who has the key of David. What he opens, no one can close. And what he closes, no one can open. I know all the things you do. I have opened a door for you that no one can close. You have little strength, yet you obeyed my word and did not deny me. Now when grace is our pace. We're living in the grace of God. 
he will open doors that no man can close. He opens doors that no man can open. When we're just in this place of trusting God, that, that he is pacing our life, and we're not going too slow or too fast, and we're allowing him to keep us in our lane, he begins to open doors in our lives supernaturally. And I know for, for my life and, and Don's life, man, God has just opened so many supernatural doors in our life that we could never open on our own. One of the things as we were moving here from, from Florida, we knew that it was expensive to live here. And one of the, the things that I told Don, I said, look, don't get your hopes, us, hopes up of us ever owning a home. Come on, some, some of you can relate, right? Like it's just, it's expensive to live there. We're not going to make a lot of money as pastors. And so don't get your hope up, okay? And so we rented this house. We rented for about four years. And just one day, the person that owned the home we were renting from, he came to me and said, hey, uh, I'm selling the house. Do you want to buy it? I was like, sure, but we can't afford very much. He's like, well, can you afford? I said, um, two fifty. He's like, sold. And so we didn't have to move. Come on, somebody. I who hates moving? Like, God, you know the desires of my heart. Like, I don't even have to move. Like, come on. And and it's just like, man, we could. God opens doors in our life supernaturally, financially physically, relationally, spiritually, like God opens doors. Man, that's why it's so awesome to live in the grace of God when we're living in the favor and the kindness of God and we can experience the good things that he's planned for us long ago. He will open doors supernaturally in our life that no man can close. And it's, man, he, remember he delights in every detail of our life. Don wanted a Honda Pilot. Our, our, our car was, uh, it was dying, and it was getting expensive to fix, and, and so Don wanted a Honda Pilot, and she was like, I'm just going to start praying for a Honda Pilot. And I kid you not, I kid you not, it was probably a week or two later, somebody bought us a Honda Pilot, okay? And, and it's just like, we, we couldn't afford a Honda Pilot, and, and it's just like God knows every detail of our life, and when you start living in the favor and the kindness of God, God begins to open doors in our life supernaturally that we're not even looking for. I remember, for me, coming here eight years ago, what was really important for me is that I would have a good support around me uh, of men, of pastors that could check in on me, that, that had complete access to my life and, and just ask me the hard questions. How are you doing emotionally? How's your marriage? How are you guys doing financially? Just, just ask those questions. And I remember when we moved here, God began to open up doors for our life. You know, Pastor Gary Northrup in Fort Collins, he leads Timberline Church. Man, I didn't know him. We moved here. Boom. God opened up a door. He's overseeing our church. Uh, an old roommate of mine, Pastor Herbert Cooper, who's my personal pastor. We talk every single week, and he has access fully to my life to ask the tough questions. Uh, God brought him back into my life. And then uh, while we were living here, God brought two other pastors who, who just have access to my life. And that was a desire of my heart to be able to have these friendships and these relationships in my life of people who are checking in on me and can ask me any question. God began to open those doors supernaturally. When we were in the movie theater, uh, I was praying one night, and many of you have come to, to Wednesday night prayer night. is a, a prayer night like that. And I was just praying and seeking the Lord and, and 
the Lord spoke to me and says, I'm shifting the church. And of course, I think spiritually, and I'm like, awesome, let, let's shift this baby. Come on, let's, let's go to another gear. And God's like, no, I want to shift physically. I want to open up a door for you. And at the time, our church was literally 75% brand new believers, okay? And we don't, we don't have, you know, we don't take an offering. We've never taken an offering in this church. And we, we don't elevate one spiritual gifting over another. We think they're all equal and all important. And so you'll never hear an offertory from me, okay? And, uh, and so we, we just weren't, you know, we had brand new Christians, and, and so we didn't have a lot of people that gave. And God's telling me that we need to shift our church, right? And, and the commercial real estate here is crazy, right? It's crazy. And so, but God literally showed me a vision of a doorway. And he says, walk through it. I'm just asking you to walk through it. And it was a supernatural journey for us to get here uh, financially and just a super, man, God opened doors supernaturally one after another. I mean, this building was listed for $4 million. It's worth $8 million, okay? And we bought it for two point three. okay? What we could afford, right? It was like, this is what we can afford. And God's like, okay, I'll make it happen. Listen, so many times we get into this place where we're trying to break doors down. We're, we're going to break them down. I'm going to bust through. And God's like, I locked it on purpose, okay? Stop trying to go through that door. I locked it on purpose. I got a door down here that's wide open. You can drive a truck through it. Will you just go through that one? We just... We get so focused on, man, well, this is what my life should look like. And, you know, I, I should be married by now. And I, I should have a career by now. I should have my own business by now. I should have this money. We just get so focused. And many times we're, we're, we're trying to knock doors down that God has locked. And he says, man, I got a great purpose and a plan for your life. If you would just trust me, if you would just go day by day, I've got it all worked out. Trust me in the process. God's pace is perfect. He will open doors in our life supernaturally. Point number five, when grace is my pace, my life honors God. My life honors God. I actually believe when we, we start to walk in the kindness and the favor of God, he begins to open up supernatural doors for our lives. And when we walk through those, right, that, those small acts of obedience, it actually honors God. Our life actually begins to honor God when we trust him and we step out in faith. Galatians 5.16. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. So the Apostle Paul says, let the Holy Spirit put rumble strips on both sides of your lane. Come on, somebody. Let the Holy Spirit... Da -da -da -da. Would, would allow, we would allow the Holy Spirit to get us back in our lane. Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. A lot of times what I've seen is just when, when we talk about grace, there's, there can be a lack of understanding of what grace is. Right? And, and I've talked to people and I've experienced people that think grace is that get out of free jail card, right? Where I can literally do whatever I want to do 
And at the end of the day, God would forgive me of my sin because I'm under grace. When we're being led by the Holy Spirit, and we're walking in His kindness and His favor, listen to me, you don't want to live the way you used to live. Like, like when you're walking in the favor and in the kindness of God, you don't want to think the way you used to think. You, know, you don't want to talk the way you used to talk and, and, and just potty mouth, right? Like I used to have a potty mouth. My wife used to have a really bad potty mouth. Thank Jesus. Hallelujah. She got saved. We don't want to think the way we said. We don't want to talk the way we used to talk. And we don't want to go to the places that we used to hang out with. Man, I used to go to bars and nightclubs. And man, when, when I encountered the Holy Spirit, and man, I gave my life to Jesus, they didn't want to go to the bar anymore. They didn't want to go to the nightclub anymore. Actually, when I went, the Holy Spirit would convict me and say, Andrew, I got someplace better for you. There's nothing good in here. Come on, I got a place that I want to show you that's better. Man, when we let the Holy Spirit, man, I talk to people, especially young people, they're like, man, if I really give my life to Christ, my life becomes boring. And I say, you've never gone all in on Jesus because it's never boring. When you're walking in the favor of God and we know that he delights in every detail of our lives, what's boring about that? And he begins to open up supernatural doors in our life one after another after another. He's this rumble strip in our lives that's leading and guiding us. When we get off course, he's saying, Andrew, I got something better for you. When we repent, he looks at us brand new. Not for our sake, but for his own. What an amazing gift God gave us. None of us deserve it. None of us can qualify for it. Listen, it wasn't free. We're going to talk about that in a moment. It wasn't free. Jesus paid a heavy, heavy price for grace. A price that we could never, ever repay. And he did it before we were even born. He hung on that cross and he thought of you and me. He said, it's worth it. And I can't wait to delight in every detail of their lives. Come on, let's let grace pace our lives today. Come on, let's bow our heads and close our eyes this morning. If you're watching online, you can, you can bow your heads and close your eyes too. Maybe you'd say today, Pastor, I've never said yes to Jesus, and I need to make that decision today. I need to get on course. I, I need to get on path with Jesus or maybe you've drifted from the truth and you've just been swept up with by worry and anxiety and the things of this life and you just, and you just need God to just bring you back on the path today. Again, every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you, you slip up your hand today. I just want to pray with you. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Yes. Yes, thank you, God. You can put your hands down. And I just ask this morning that we would all repeat this prayer as we help those making the greatest decision of their life today. Dear Jesus, I thank you for what you did on the cross. And I ask this morning 
that you would forgive me of all my sin, that you would come into my life and be my Lord and King. And from this day forward, I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's give them a hand clap today. Heaven is rejoicing.